Here we go. 39-yard attempt. Hash mark left side. Lions trying to pick up the victory. Prater's ready. Muehlbach to snap. There it is. Fox the spot. Kick away. It is yes, up. Sir. And it is good. And the Lions have won it. Yes, sir. The Lions have gone to the desert and picked up victory number one. Welcome to Big Boo Bets. It's the Get That Money Podcast. As always, I am Nate Stevenson, joined by Mr. Big Boofy Skirman and Tony T-Bone Guarino. How is everybody doing on this week four? Uh, I'm doing uh, I'm doing pretty good, man. If you guys don't mind, I'd like to share a little story about, you know, how my week went a little bit here. Oh, please do. Okay, so you know Nate comes over for the games, and, and Tone came. Tone was uh, able to come over for the first time this year, which was great. And uh, during during the one o'clock slate, um, not necessarily our locks or anything, but some of the picks that we had kind of disagreed on during the week are all going my way. You know, I, I was like, you know, I said I like the Redskins with the points, I like the Raiders with the points, and everything's looking great. And I'm talking all kind of smack on Nate. Now, anybody that knows me knows that when I start talking smack, there's a certain power in the universe that takes over and things start to go the opposite direction. <laughs> and sure enough, that happened. And it ends up being the Patriots end up covering. And I lose the other one. And then I lose our pizza box matchup with the Ravens and the Chiefs last night. So I was a little upset about that. Uh, but on the flip side, I was able to make some money this week. So I had a solid week, you know, we uh we had some good picks with the podcast that I obviously mirrored, and then um had a decent had a decent week with player props. I went four for four with those, and so just kind of kind of the story of two sides for me. You know, being able to talk smack on my buddy didn't necessarily go great, but uh, did get to make some money. And just as a little bit of a side note, I would like to say. Um, quarterback rushing yards, taking the over, has been very profitable for me so far this season. Um, that's something I normally don't get in until like 1230, so like a half an hour before the game, so we really can't share them, but just something to kind of keep an eye out. If you see a number you like, quarterback rushing yards, hitting the over has been a bit of a trend for me uh, that I do think is worth sharing with you guys. You and me definitely never talk shit at all with each other. Like we definitely, <laughs> we yeah, definitely, that never, that never happened. definitely have a good time doing <laughs> that. Um, but you're right. It's so funny. Cause like on one hand, I'm, I'm, I'm probably, one of us is probably a, a little pissed if stuff isn't going our way, but I always take the good with the bad when you start talking shit, because like you said, that normally means good things are about to happen for me for head to head. So I'm, I never, I never complained about that. Uh, fortunately, Boof, I really wish it was reversed this week because, as most people know, I've said many times I'm a parlay heavy better. I may have got the better on the uh, smack talk end, but I did not on the betting end as a thanks to the uh, Arizona Cardinals crapping the proverbial bed this week. So that hurt me pretty bad. So uh, didn't didn't have a great week personally because of them, but still pretty good on the year. So, you know, give and take. We'll get it back. How you doing, Tom? Uh, is Atlanta and anywhere near uh, where this uh, impending rising of the sea level can put them underwater too? 
I'm sure we could carve out that like a little like half moon with Atlanta and Jacksonville, and we can just kind of put the Bermuda Triangle for you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know my geography all that well anymore, even though I am practically in first grade these days. You know, with with our new virtual learning environments, so you think I know a little bit more, but uh, you know, <laughs> despite the fourth grade class, despite teams like the Falcons, well, not really. I mean, partially their fault, but also you know, you got uh, uh, BDN up there uh, coming in and and saving the day as well. Not much, not a lot you can do about that, I guess. But uh, besides that, you know, still a positive weekend and plenty to look forward to week four here. Amen. Oh, amen, man. I will say this, though. I mean, if you can take solace in the fact that Atlanta is doing a pretty good job of sinking themselves every week. So I don't know. Yeah, they might do it for you. <laughs> That's, a fair, no. That's a fair point. With that, uh, you want to hit the locks from last week there, Boof? Uh, we can do that. Uh, last week, we had seven locks for you. We went four and three, uh, bringing our season total to ten and ten. Easy one to do the math on. That is a cool and cozy 50% rate. As I was explaining to Nate, we were one game under in week one, even Steven in week two, one game over in week three. We're trending all the way up. By the time we hit week 15, babe, we're going to make it all kind of units. So just got to stay on the same trajectory here. Oh, yeah, man. Absolutely. You know, early, early season uh, research mode normally pays off for the rest of the year. So I'm liking the way we're trending for sure. For sure. But uh, anyway, we had the Falcons minus three against the Bears. Uh, the game started great. They were up by 16 late in the game. Nick Foles comes in, and I even said I said to Nate right away, we should consider betting the Bears right now and just saying, oh, crap, we're screwed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I wish we did. I really wish we did, man, because, like, ah, even just to, like, hedge and call it even, you know? Absolutely, because, boom, if, if I, I, I can interject one sec, I 100% agree because I know we said that to each other. As soon as Foles came into the game – it was like, ah, oh, son of a bitch key. Balls is in the game. Amen, man. Like, I just, I, I knew it was going to play out exactly how it did. And sure enough, we ended up losing that one. Uh, the next one, we had Titans minus two and a half. Uh, sadly, they won, but could not cover the two and a half. They, they started pouring that game. They were able to come back, but couldn't get quite enough points for us. Too many missed two-point conversions. Yeah. Another very disappointing one for me was Cardinals minus five. That was probably the pick I felt best about out of the whole slate. Oh, I lost a knockout pool because of that. Yeah, they just, I mean, the the Lions showed up, the Cardinals didn't, and that was that. What did, what did uh, Murray have, like, three picks in that game? Yeah. Very, very frustrating one. Uh, our winners were the Steelers and Titans over 45. Um, we had the Colts minus 10 and a half. The Bucks minus six. And then the Packers plus three and a half. So all in all, four and three, we'll take that. And looking to do even better this week. Actually, Booth, too, you know, one more thing that really sucked about that Cardinals game is the nine-team teaser that we gave out last week would have hit if not for the Cardinals. Yeah, I know, man. I know. That would have been a monster one. Yep. Sucked. All right, well, let's just go ahead and dive into week four here. Let's uh, start on Thursday, as always, with the Denver Broncos at the New York Jets. This is uh, at a pick when you're over under at 40. Well, speaking of things that suck, it's time to bet against the Jets. What my favorite thing to do. 
it's as easy as it sounds. The Jets are playing. It's a pick 'em. So that means I don't even need to lay any points. So we are going to continue to bet against the trash that is the Jets. I don't care that the Broncos have their third string quarterback playing. I don't care that the Broncos have injuries on defense. I don't care. The Broncos are still better, even though they're not that great with all the injuries. I'm betting on the Broncos. And I'm also betting on under 40 points because obviously, as I've stressed all year, Jets trash. And with all the injuries the Broncos have offensively, I don't expect them to score a lot of points either. So, you know, give me a nice little, you know, 17 to 10 game. Maybe if the Broncos have a quote unquote offensive explosion, 24 to 10 game. But either way, I love the Broncos to win. And my favorite bet of this game is under 40. I really, really like that. I will be hammering that this Thursday. Yeah, I, I think uh, Nate's world-famous mathematical equation applies in this game. Get that crap out of here. <laughs> for that reason, I'm going to be staying away for the most part. Um, I will be tacking on the, the bets that Nate said. I'm going to take Denver, and I'm also going to take the under, and those will be included with some parlays to try and, hey, just give me a little action on Thursday because, you know, you got to have a little something in there. And B, um just kind of try to pad on my parlays for the week, which if these don't hit, I'll just put those parlays in again without them. So no big deal. Amen, baby. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, move over to Sunday and kick things off with the Arizona Cardinals at the Carolina Panthers. The Cardinals laying three and a half in the over under at 52 and a half. Honestly, I, I look at last week against the cards as, as more of an aberration of still a, a young and up and coming team, a young and up and coming quarterback. I still have a lot of faith in Murray, that offense in Kingsbury, sorry, Klingsbury. So yeah, I, three and a half here against the Panthers team. Who's bottom five in the league. I still feel pretty good about it. I, I think it's a nice bounce back spot, especially the Panthers not having a, not having a great defense. So only laying three and a half. Like that a lot. Love the cards to win. Feel really good about them covering that. I look for them to win by at least a touchdown. So I have no problem laying the three and a half here. Give me the cards. Uh, I'm with you, man. I love Arizona. I know they had a, a down week last week, but I really look for them to bounce back. And I think uh, I think Carolina is the type of team that is very bounce backable, if you will. So I love the minus three and a half. And I know, uh, I know we have that as a lock for us this week. Now, beyond that, I, I will say we, we are kind of, you know, for the purposes of this podcast, we have to we have to roll with the three and a half right now. I am going to keep an eye out and hope that I can find it at any point up until Sunday where that goes down to three. That would be even better because three is obviously a big checkpoint for us. Oh, amen. Um, but for the purposes of this podcast, I am going to take the minus three and a half and uh, I am going to lock it in. I'll lock it in. Get that money. All right. Up next, we have the Baltimore Ravens at the Washington football team. Ravens laying 13 with your over-under at 47. Well, good old WFT is definitely going to be going WTF, I think, about 10 minutes into this game when the Ravens are already up by two touchdowns. I do not like the Washington football team's chances in this game at all. I think you can mail this one in at about halftime. 
the Ravens are definitely going to be coming in pissed off and embarrassed from the national curb stomping put on them by the Chiefs last week. And that's a proud football team in Baltimore that still has high aspirations. So them laying 13, I, I honestly, like, they'll, I think they're going to cover that in the first quarter. This is going to get ugly, and there's a lot of player props for this game I'm going to be looking into offensively for the Ravens. And uh, I know some other things I also love uh, beyond some player props that, you know, when they come out this week are uh, just as far as the team total for the Ravens. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored here. I know me and Boofy talked earlier about this. The team totals at 30. I love over 30 points being scored by the Ravens. I love over one and a half touchdowns being scored in the first half. It's juiced up to minus 166, but still, I think that is, you can lock, you, that you can take that to the bank. The, the Ravens are going to score at least two touchdowns in the first half. And then on one more I, li- I really like in this game as well is for the Ravens to score first and win. And that's only minus 144. So even I'm not even scared of the Redskins winning the kickoff or winning the coin toss at the beginning of the game. I, I still think you're looking for a three and out or a very highly probable at some point, probably multiple points in, the, in that game, a Dwayne Haskins interception. So loving a ton of stuff for the Ravens game. I, I can't wait for the player props to come out to look at those as well. But this is a this is a total beatdown by the Ravens. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with Nate on this. I love the minus 13. Uh, I also love Baltimore to go over 30 points. And I, I just expect Baltimore to steamroll them. It's, it's going to be a beat down. And both of those picks are locks for us this week. Oh, lock them in. Get that money twice. All right. Uh, up next, we have the Cleveland Browns at the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys laying four and a half in the over-under at 55. I'm going to keep this very simple. I don't trust either of these teams right now. And the only thing I would mildly entertain is the over here. But I have like a personal like mind block to trusting the Browns ever since I trusted them last year to be good. And that was my first mistake. So the Browns are definitely one of those teams for me to ever trust them. They have to show me. The only thing that would make me trust the Browns at all is that they're playing the Jets, which is just echoing what Boofy said last week. So beyond that, the Browns ain't playing the Jets. I don't trust them. Pass. Um, I, I love the over in this game. It's one of my favorite picks of the week. Uh, Cleveland has scored 34 and 35 points in each of their last uh, two games. The Cowboys have scored 40 and 31. Now, the totals of the games that the Cowboys played in, they were in a 79-point game against the Falcons and a 69-point game against the Seahawks. And for that reason, I love the over. I hear you, Boof. I, you know, it's definitely sound logic for sure. It's just when it's when it's your money, and I'm sure that you both of you guys would agree with me that when I'm when I'm advising people to do something, I'm not going to advise people to do something that I personally wouldn't feel comfortable putting my own money on. And for me, I just have a hard time trusting the Browns, and until I see a certain level of trustworthiness, so. Uh, I, again, I don't hate your logic, but for me, I just I can't do it. Can't trust them to score. Just um, 
I guess just as a, a counterpoint, if you will, uh, for me, Washington's defense is significantly better than Dallas's, and Cleveland was able to put up 35 on them. Now, of course, some of that is aided by Mr. Haskins giving them the ball. Uh, have to concede that. But um, I don't know. Again, they're over 30 points in the last two weeks. I, I feel plenty confident that we're going to see some points in this game. Fair enough. Up next, we have the Indianapolis Colts at the Chicago Bears. Colts are laying two and a half, and the over-under at 44 and a half. Boof, I'm really upset. Why is that? Because, damn it, now that BDN is in a quarterback for the Bears, it's so much harder to bet on Bears games. Like, if Bitsky's in there, I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to get less than 250 passing yards, which has been a great prop I've been hammered, and they're going to suck. And if they win, it's probably because they're playing the Falcons. (laughs) That's it. So now I actually have to give the Bears some potentially potentially give the Bears some respect. They have a legitimate quarterback potentially back in the fold if it's if it's starting quality Nick Foles as opposed to backup quality Nick Foles. And right now, last week, I saw starter quality Nick Foles. And did you guys hear the story that the touchdown that won the game for them to Miller, like very quickly in the huddle. Foles goes to Miller. He's like, hey, if it's an all-out blitz, I want you to run to the L. The Miller goes like, what are you talking about? What? He's like, if it's an all-out blitz, run to the L in Atlanta in the end zone. So sure enough, they snap the ball. It's an all-out blitz. Like Foles gets clayed in like under three seconds, lets the ball go as he gets clayed, and it lands like hits Miller like in stride on the L in the end zone for like for the go-ahead and winning touchdown. And I heard that I heard that story. It's like, damn, man! Like, the the legend of BDN just continue is just a never ending gift and continues to grow. Doggone it, man! I gotta freaking start giving the Bears respect. So as a result of that, I was gonna go with the Colts minus two and a half if they were facing the Bears with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. But since they are not, I'm going to pass the game. So on Fox bet, I have them, I have the Bears at plus three. And because of the quality of play that I saw out of Nick Foles uh, last week, I kind of like the Bears here. Indianapolis did lose their only game on the road this year. That was also against Jacksonville, who we do not consider to be the highest of quality of teams. Um, I think the Bears with Foles are better than that. And I like them to be able to get the win at home, to be honest with you. And I'll definitely take them with the plus three. All right. Fair enough. I just can't I can't bring myself to say like and bears in the same sentence yet. <laughs> maybe in a couple of weeks. Maybe after I see some consistency from Mr. Foles that he's all the way back and he's starter quality Nick Foles. But until I see that, I'm in I'm gonna wait and see. Yeah, I understand that. It feels a little weird even saying it myself, but that's where I'm at this week. All right, well, let's see if you like a different animal. We'll move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals laying three in the over-under at 49.5. Equation applies. Pass. Well, Tone, as a matter of fact, I do like a different animal here. Despite the equation applying, I do like Jacksonville plus three. Um, Cincinnati obviously just came off of a tie. Joe Burrow got hammered in that game multiple times. Um, I I imagine he's going to be feeling a little sore coming into this one. 
And uh, Jacksonville's coming with, uh, what do they got? They got about 10 days of rest. And Cincinnati uh, obviously went the full distance in overtime. And I like the Jags to be able to cover plus three here. You know what, Booth? Something just hit me here. Do you think right now that the Jaguars are a better team than the Eagles? Yes. Wow. <laughs> the crazy part is I can't even – I'd have a hard time disagreeing with that, with as injured as they are. So, yeah, I can't fault your logic. If you made me take a side, I'd, I'd, I'd lay the three with the Bengals just because I like them more offensively. Both defenses ain't that great, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, still passing. Fair enough. Let's move on to the Los Angeles Chargers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks laying seven and a half, and you're over under at 43 and a half. Like the Bucks minus seven here a lot. Week by week, I just see them getting better offensively. And that defense still looking very, very solid and continuing to grow as well. I like the improvement they showed on defense last year. It just seems to have carried over and continuing to grow this year. So honestly, it, the crazy part is it's the Bucks in certain ways are mirroring, which is a scary thing, some of the qualities of those Brady teams with the Patriots. But they have more weapons. They have a, they have a, they have a good defense. They're starting to play more responsibly on offense now that they're starting to gel and they're just it's they're just churning out points and churning out yards and churning out first downs and you have that i i think the uh risk it biscuit mentality of arians and kind of check down responsible play that has really been a hallmark of brady offenses i think you're seeing a nice mesh there and with the talent they have on offense, I just see them continuing to get better and better week after week. So you combine their defense and their their improving offense, and we're only giving up giving seven to a Chargers team without Jerwin James, without Ingram rushing the passer, a Chargers team that just lost to the Carolina Panthers last week, and they are starting a rookie quarterback. Only in his third game, Bucks have time to prepare for that. I like the Bucks minus seven a lot. I think that is a great bet, and I will be on that all day. Yeah, I think I'm with you on this one, brother. I like the uh, Bucks as well. Um, Godwin went down with a hamstring last week. You know, we'll see what his availability is. He's probably not going to play. If he does, you know, the hamstrings normally keep you from being 100%. Uh, one week later. But the thing is, if you actually watch the Bucks play, Brady seems to like throwing to Scotty Miller more than anybody else, unless they're within like two yards, then he'll finally toss one up to Mike Evans. <laughs> so I, I don't know how much he's even going to miss him. And then, like you said, I mean, their defense has been great the last two weeks. And I, I expect them to be able to cover minus seven here. So I believe we have another lock this week. Oh, lock it in. Get that money. All right. Up next, we have the Minnesota Vikings at the Houston Texans. The Texans laying four and a half in the over-under at 54 and a half. So this is pretty crazy because right now, this is one of two games on the slate that is kind of up in the air whether they're going to play. The Vikings played the Titans last week, as we know, 
and are currently, unless things have unless things change, I believe are currently not allowed in their practice facility until Saturday, uh, until they are cleared of anyone being infected by COVID. And as as of right now, no one has tested positive that I've heard reported on the Vikings, which is great. So, and that I have heard as well that the NFL does want to do everything possible to play those games as scheduled on Sunday. And we will get to that other game. So if you're, you're telling me right now, there's a really, really good chance that the Vikings might be playing a game on Sunday still with basically no on-field practice time for the exception of maybe a walkthrough on Saturday. And now I've heard, I actually heard an interview earlier today with a former NFL player saying that is a big deal. Like just walking in cold like that and not getting to see the speed of what you're expecting to experience play out in front of you in practice is something that could play huge in that game, which makes a heck of a lot more sense why, as this news was coming out throughout the day, that the Texans line climbed from minus three up to minus four and a half. With the way these te- both these teams have been playing, over four makes me a little uncomfortable. I like the Texans to win, and honestly, it wouldn't surprise me they even blow them out considering the current circumstances. But with so much unsurety with the game, with the way these teams have been playing, I definitely can't recommend in good conscience for you to lay any points with lay that many points with the Texans. Yeah, man, on Fox Bet, this game isn't even available. So we'll see if they do, in fact, end up playing it. Um, I, I think your your points are all spot on. And if I would have been able to get it at the minus three, uh, that's that's something I could definitely get on board with. Um, but getting above that, I just don't have enough faith in the Texans to to cover anything higher than that. Not to say that they can't, but you know, for me having confidence to put mine and everybody else's hard-earned money on the line, I'm not willing to do that. Defending a guy like Deshaun Watson without with you know minimal practice time, like you said, I just. I just don't see it. So I, I would take the Texans, but I would very much prefer it at the minus three. So now it's also worth mentioning that the Steelers and Titans game is currently off books due to COVID reasons as well. So, yeah, I, well, exactly. And I actually was fortunate enough to jump on the Steelers money line before it. Uh, they pulled it off the books today just in case because as – Tony just mentioned uh, same deal. That is the other game. They similar to the Texans. The Steelers were also getting action. They started out at plus two underdogs. And as of today, before it was pulled off the books, they were up to um, two point favorites. So they were giving two points. So um, I was very fortunate to actually get them in a teaser earlier this week um, when they were uh, getting two points. So not upset about that, but, uh, same thing, uh, very similar. Uh, they, NFL wants to play the game. Everything I'm hearing could be a very similar situation with the Titans. The big difference with the Titans, however, is right now at the moment, eight, eight members of the organization, five staff members, three players have tested positive. They are also not allowed back in their facility until Saturday. So a very similar situation to the Vikings. And on top of that, they potentially could be missing some players as well. And at this moment, we don't know who they are. So big, 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 big time question marks with the Titans. And it's definitely understandable why people would be jumping on the Steelers here. So if you can 
find the Steelers on a book anywhere. I definitely think that's a great bet with all the unsurety, um, both with who is going to be playing for the Titans and just the lack of practice, practice time. That is a very, very big deal. All right. Yeah. So obviously with the, uh, all the COVID stuff involved with this one, we're just going to have to wait and see where the line is on Sunday and go from there. All right. So that takes us to our next game that is happening, which is the new Orleans saints at the Detroit Lions. Saints are laying four and a half and the over under is a 54. I don't know if I want this game to happen. I'm still pissed at both of these teams. <laughs> oh man. Between the, between the, between the Saints costing me a parlay two weeks ago, two parlays two weeks ago, and the Lions costing me multiple parlays, causing the team I needed to win to lose. I'm pissed off of both of these teams right now. Oh, man. Um, having said that, I, I I would lean for the Saints to just to win. I don't feel good about the four. Um, you still don't have a fully healthy Michael Thomas. I'm still not even sure if he's been cleared to play yet this week, it being still only Tuesday when we're recording here. So um, that's a big one. Um, Saints obviously did not pull out the W last week against the Packers. So, you know, just I don't feel I don't feel good about them. I think they should beat the Lions. I think they're still a better team than the Lions. The Lions just beat one of the best teams in the NFC over the first couple weeks of the season here in the Cardinals. That's something I can't dismiss. They have Kenny Galladay back finally. That's a big deal of their offense. And I I just don't feel comfortable about this game. So I'm going to pass it. Yeah, I'm passing as well. Galladay's back. Uh, like you said, Detroit was able to get the win last week. I haven't been impressed with the Saints this week. And at the same time, I'm I'm not impressed enough with the Lions for me to go their direction. So it's a pass. Our final 1 o'clock game will feature the Seattle Seahawks at the Miami Dolphins. The Seahawks laying 6.5 and, and you're over under at 54. Two things I feel really good about in this game. Seattle winning and Seattle scoring a lot of points. That's as far as I can go. I can't trust that they're going to cover six and a half just due to the fact that a, their defense has been very porous to start the year and freaking Dan Fitz magic in his backdoor cover magic, black magic, whatever type of magic it's totally it's magic that hasn't worked in our favor very much this year to start the season, at least the first two weeks. Anyway, Miami's getting healthier on offense with Parker getting back to full strength. I think that's a big deal for that offense. So asking Miami to cover basically a touchdown with with all of that, I just I don't feel I don't feel great about it. I like them to win. I feel good about them to winning. I don't feel great about them covering. Yeah, I was kind of entertaining the over on this just because Seattle has scored so many points and they've given up so many in each game. They're just a a great team to look for overs with. Um, it is. It's like you said, though. It's just Fitzpatrick is such a wild card. So he, he affects every aspect of this game and every aspect of the bet. And it's too much of a wild card for me to actually make a definitive pick on it. So I'm passing. Okay, so that takes us into our 4 o'clock games. And we'll kick things off with the New York Giants at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams laying 12.5 and, and you're over-under at 48.5. I know this is one of your favorite ones, Boof. So take the reins, my friend. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love the Rams here. 
let's be honest. I mean, we, we like the, well, I, I didn't like the Giants last week. I kind of stayed away from them. But they played the 49ers uh, B squad, and they lost 36-9. Now, I think the Rams are currently better than San Francisco, given everything. And this game is going to be played in uh, in L.A. So, give me the Rams, minus 12.5, no problem. I love that pick. Unfortunately, I did like the Giants last week, Boof. <laughs> and... Um... I will. You, said you had a lock in that one last week, though, Nate. Uh, yes, that was uh, definitely the check and balance system worked definitely in mine and our favor last week for sure. But uh, that I will definitely chalk that up as one of those definitely early season information gathering games for sure. Definitely not going to be trusting the Giants very much for the foreseeable future for sure. And everything that you said to me earlier, I definitely agree with. I think the Rams minus 12 and a half is a pretty strong bet. I think they have rebounded very nicely so far from their subpar 2019 season, looking a lot more like the team we saw in 2018. And you have a, a Giants team that is going west to play a team that's a hell of a lot better than the team they just got scrubbed by. So I think that's a very good bet. I also like the Rams to cover both the first quarter and first half spreads as well, which I believe are currently sit at two and a half in the first quarter and seven for the first half. If you'd like to spread yourself all around in this game. So, uh, yeah, I agree. And uh, you want to lock that in, Booth? Let's lock that in, baby. Oh, minus 12 and a half. Lock it in. Get that money. Up next, we have the Buffalo Bills at the Las Vegas Raiders. The Bills laying three, and you're over-under at 51.5. I mean, again, Boof, I I defer to you on this. <laughs> you know what, man? Last week was the first time I didn't circle the wagons, and the Bills still covered, so I should have circled the wagons. And this week we're circling them again, getting back on the wagon, if you will. And I love the Bills, minus three. Um, Beyond that, Vegas is a little banged up at wide receiver. Their defense has been terrible. Josh Allen's numbers are excellent, but if you've been watching the game, uh, for me, his play has been even better than his stats. He's been awesome, and I expect the Bills to cover this one. One of my favorite picks of the the week. I totally agree. Josh Allen is looking like an early season MVP candidate. He's making great decisions, throwing the ball accurately, using his feet intelligently uh, seems to have gotten or got those turnover problems under control from the first game of the season. So that's definitely nice to see the bills defense had a little bit of a little bit of a shaky week last week. I like that proud unit to get it back together this week against the Raiders who are pretty obvious who you have to try to shut down that offense in Waller and Jacobs. And the fact that you, you can easily key, on who they want to get the ball to is a very, very big deal, especially with a defense as good as the Bills. So I like the Bills to definitely cover the three in this game and honestly win more than that. I'll probably actually, you know, I might even sell a couple points to get that payout by a little more in some parlays this week, get a little greedy. 
uh, see the Bills maybe have a nice little double-digit win. We'll see what happens with that. But, yeah, definitely love the minus three, Boof, and I will lock that in with you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, lock it in. Get that money. The final 4 o'clock game for Sunday will be the New England Patriots at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs laying seven, and you're over-under at 54. Boof, are you ever going to doubt the Chiefs ever again? <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably, but I really shouldn't. <laughs> Well, I know one thing. You should never pizza box the Chiefs with me. Yeah, that's you can you can definitely put write that one in blood. <laughs> Chiefs! Oh, man. Honestly, I felt like either the Chiefs were just, you know, a little, little Super Bowl hangover maybe early in the season, or maybe even just looking ahead uh, to that game against the Ravens uh, with how they performed against the Chargers in Week 2. But they clearly came into that game last week with something to prove. And boy, did they ever. I'm actually upset that I didn't take the Chiefs on the money line. I'm actually kicking myself for that. Like, I was like, oh, I'll just be safe. You know, tease them, you know, take points. Ugh, just got to just gotta trust your eyes. You can't let the outside noise distract you sometimes. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. Chiefs are awesome. And I, I do have faith that the Chiefs are going to win this game this week. But it wouldn't surprise me after a big after a big Monday night game, short week, that they don't cover seven points because that's that's not a small number, especially against a team like New England, who unfortunately is still showing to be New England this year. And plus, you still have the mastermind that is Bill Belichick. I'm sure watching junior high film of Patrick Mahomes still trying to figure out how to see if he can figure out you know one small tendency to give his defense an extra edge. So. Not going to lay the seven, like the Chiefs to win, and that's as far as I'm going to go with that. Yeah, I think you kind of hit it there. I'm caught between kind of two rules that I've got. We don't go against Bill Belichick, especially if we're giving him a touchdown. And as you said, I'm not going against Chiefs anymore, so I'm passing. Okay, so that takes us to the Sunday night football action, which will be the Philadelphia Eagles at the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers laying seven, and you're over-under at 45. Well, I don't feel really good about anything in this game. I would lean to the Niners to win, but that's about as far as I can go. Just because seven points on either side here was way too much. I don't know if the Eagles are even any better than the Giants. And the Niners just curb stomped the Giants last week. I'm sorry, the Niners backups curb stomped the Giants last week. So I just... I just don't know. I don't feel good about it. So I'm going to pass the game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm not comfortable taking San Francisco, laying seven with all the backups against a real NFL team. And the problem is, I don't know if Philly qualifies as a real NFL team, given the way they've performed this year. But, I mean, that's still Carson Wentz. And the reality is, I mean, they're only like one game out of the division lead just because their division stinks. So they're still very much in the thick of things. They're not just going to mail in the season here. I'm, uh, I'm going to be staying away. This is a pass for me. They elected to take a tie against the Bengals. Here's the thing, though. People were talking about that decision. It was 4th and 12. And so, like, if they don't get it, the Bengals would have had the ball with, I think, 19 seconds left and, you know, 20 yards away from field goal range. So if, if we're critiquing the actual decision, I, I did not have a problem with the decision. Oh, I understand that. The more is about being in that situation. It, it's more about yeah, being in that situation. It's the fact that it came down to that. Exactly. 
All right, so let's finish up the week with our Monday Night Football featuring the Atlanta Falcons at the Green Bay Packers with the Packers laying seven and your over-under at a whopping 57 and a half. So seven either way here, I don't feel great about because these are two really, really good offenses. But I got to say, my favorite bet might be Falcons winning at halftime and losing the game. Like, seriously, I would consider doing that. I know that's out there. I know it's really, really nice odds. I'm sure one of you guys can can correct me on that because I haven't seen it yet personally. But It was 550 on Fox Bet, and I think Tone found it at plus 600. Fandle. Fandle has plus 600. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Oh, oh dude, plus 600. Oh, home run. Dude, I, I put half a unit on that. I mean, seriously, the Falcons have done that the last two games. They're really – they. They jumped out to a lead, then blown the big lead in the second half. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate taking a swing at that at all, honestly. But uh, beyond that, I nothing I feel great about, so I'm gonna pass it. Um, just out of sheer anger towards Atlanta, I would like to bet Green Bay here, but you know we don't bet that way, so I'm passing. All right, so that wraps up our week four matchups. Uh, Nate or Booth, there anything additional that you'd like to add for the people, of course? A uh, couple things, but uh, let's hit the locks first. Oh, we can do that. We've got six locks this week. They are the Cardinals minus three and a half, uh, Ravens minus 13, the Ravens team total to go over 30 points, uh, the Bucks minus seven, Rams minus 12 and a half and the Bills minus three. All right. Yeah. That sounds like a six and a week booth. So let's, uh, let's go undefeated for the first time this year. Let's get a little boost to the uh, season record here. Get it going for my personal additions. I wanted to share with everybody uh, real quickly here. I know a lot of people have heard me say that I do a lot of parlays and I just wanted to give everybody a little quick uh, overview of how and why I go about that. And Basically, I do something I call tier betting, which I will start out literally picking every game, and then I will literally whittle it down to the games I feel the most comfortable with, and even taking it a step further, starting with spreads, a combination of spreads and money lines of everything I really like, and normally it'll end up with anywhere from two to four teams that I will make in my final parlay with my highest amount of money, with the Goal being that if everything else loses, that that one parlay wins and I will either break even or make a little bit of money on the week. So when I say I do a lot of parlays, that's a very, very quick overview of generally how I bet every week. And then plus I'll do some single bits, a few single bets or some prop bets, just like uh, me and Booth have discussed. And in that line of thinking, obviously at the locks this week, if you take out the Ravens team total, we have five spread locks this week, and that's the Cards, Ravens, Bucks, Rams, and Bills. And if you put all of those in a six-point teaser, that would net you odds of plus 400. And we'll get the Cards to plus two and a half, the Ravens to minus seven, Bucks minus one, Rams minus six and a half, and Bills plus three. Uh, just that's a small example of just getting games that we already like more in our favor and putting them in a teaser parlay to boost our odds. And then that's one of those things. If personally speaking, if you want to, you want know, like two or three of them, 
then my advice is just pick two or three of them and put them in a small parlay and up your bet on it because obviously you feel the most comfortable about it. You feel the most comfortable and the most confident on that. So that's just a, a really quick overview of kind of how I go about parlay betting. Uh, we can definitely get into more stuff another time because I don't want to run too late this week, but just wanted to share that a little bit with everybody. And, and if anyone ever has any questions, you can feel free to reach out to me or Boof. Uh, we generally will try to answer via text, email, Facebook message, whatever. So hit us up. Well, if nobody has anything else, uh, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Best of luck to everybody, and let's get that money. Get that money! <laughs>